This is the Press Box. I hire a sumo wrestler. With Grady and Bischoff. I'd give him a uniform, transportation, 500 bucks a week to sit in the goal, eat a ham sandwich, and enjoy the game. My team would never get scored on. On ESPN Las Vegas. We would get scored on constantly. Maybe, but we sell a few tickets. Hey, the gang's back together. It's Ed, Kyler, Jared. We're all in studio. Feels good. Wednesday. Lots of stuff coming up. Charles McDonald, Jason Fitz, Sam and Ash at 9.15. And we'll figure out what's happening to Daddy. Yeah, I don't think we will. I got a fun tweet for you to start the show. Oh, good. Uh, a coordinator of officials in college basketball says refs got 96% of their calls correct during the first two rounds of the NCAA men's tournament. So the 4% is the North Carolina Baylor game and the guy getting <laughs> mauled for TCU at the Arizona <laughs> at midcourt where Eric Curry swallowed the whistle. Everything else perfectly called. They said 96%. 96% of calls. Unbelievable. Listen, they could have called a double dribble on every dribble, but they didn't. So that boosts their numbers up quite a bit. Who's evaluating other officials? The coordinator of officials. The buddies, yeah. the buddies yeah. of the officials? Pretty much. 96%. The officials that retired. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing that they would say 96% of calls when we just said, well, second half of Carolina... And the egregious one on TC, against TCU at midcourt where the guy just gets knocked down and no one does anything. The guy goes tries to go get a dunk to win the game. But they got the dunk call right. It didn't count. They he didn't did, get it off. No, they so. did get the dunk. Eric Curry swallows the whistle at midcourt but gets the dunk call Nailed right. Nailed that one. On, on so, the, uh, all good. That all cancels itself out. Perfectly called play. The first bite. The first bite is brought to you by our listener, Steven. Where is Evgeny? Da- Where is Daddy? Daddy might still be in Barca. I feel so sorry do, for this. Guy. In all seriousness, so where do you him. think he is right now? I think he's here. He's got to be in Vegas. He has to be in Vegas. I don't think. Well, yes, he's in Vegas because he laughed when they traded to Anaheim because he said it's on my ten trade list. Why would I ever go there? I'm not going there. It's on my ten trade list. So why would I even go to Anaheim? He's got. He's got to still be here, right? That's good. I assume he's here. Which. Honestly, sucks for him. Like, what has he been doing the last two? Evgeny Dodonov is an NHL player who kind of sort of isn't in the NHL at the moment because he's been traded, but the NHL may in fact void that trade and they are looking into whether or not they should void that trade. But how did this not get resolved yesterday? Yeah, what are they waiting for? There's very, it's very simple in our minds to say, was there a no trade list? Apparently, I was listening to the VGK show last night. The agent says he has documentation proving the list was presented to them in time. If the list was presented to them in time, you avoid the trade. We, we've we been like 36 hours or so yeah. from the trade deadline, from this trade actually happening, and they still haven't come to a resolution on what's supposed to happen with Evgeny Dodonov? How? The, you have an NHL player who doesn't have a team at the moment because the NHL and NHLPA can't figure out how to legislate their own rules? Like, how did they not figure this out yesterday? David Shane did tweet that he expects a resolution today. Well, so, I would hope so. But well, I was thinking there was going to be one yesterday. Yes. Like, I just assumed they would have this figured out it's at very least simple. within a day. Show no, us proof that you put the list right. in. Like, in all seriousness, there are people at the NHL that shouldn't have gone to sleep until they figured right. out what team Evgeny Dodonov is supposed to play for. Like, how is that something that they just like, ah, it's five o'clock. We're calling it a day. You got a guy who doesn't know what team he's supposed to be on because somebody somewhere screwed up in terms of letting everybody know 
that he had a no trade clause and that the Anaheim Ducks run it. I I don't understand how this wasn't done. I, in all seriousness, I think that's like somehow the NHL, they have the trade deadline for whatever reason. There's a four-hour backup to approve these trades. Right, exactly. They approve an illegal trade. trades in the queue. Yeah, they approve an illegal trade because Evgeny Donatov is not supposed to go to the Anaheim Ducks. And then 48 hours, maybe, they'll come to a resolution. on This is like... How is the NHL this poorly run as far as the trade? It's not like well, they didn't know it was coming. They set the trade deadline. This couldn't have caught them by surprise. What was the meeting like where they go, you've been traded? No, I haven't. No, yeah, no, I mean, you have. No, no. Trust me, I haven't. I wonder if, well, they. I assume they, they alert the agent. After Sunday, they have to alert the agent. And I wonder if the agent at that time realized... Wait a minute, he that was team that team was on the list because it's now the agent saying, No, I have proof, I have documentation. I we submitted this on I think it was what, June thirtieth, because you have to get it in by July first. And to me, that's the easiest the easiest thing is fax us uh, or or email us or do whatever you have to do, the documentation that you did this and the trade is voided. If Anaheim's on his list and he got the listed on time, there's no question here what you have to do. You have to void the trade. Can I tell you what the Golden Knights should be doing today? And yesterday, and maybe this is finding why, him. Maybe this is why. Well, that might be helpful, but maybe this is why it's taking so long. The Golden Knights should be trying to get the original trade with Ottawa voided because the premise, okay. the premise that we've been led to believe so far, is that the Ottawa Senators screwed up and did not submit his no trade list to the During NHL the trade. and the Golden Knights when he was traded to the Golden Knights right. back in the summer. And if that's the case, the Golden Knights should be pushing to say, well, we thought he didn't have a no-trade list. That may We wouldn't have done that trade if we had known he had a no-trade list. Or so. we wouldn't have traded him to Anaheim. Right. Well, no, no. They should, no, no. They should go back and say, we would not have traded right. for Evgeny Dodonov. Right. Because right. what that means is, I don't even know if you could do this, but if you got the original trade with Ottawa voided, that would mean the Golden Knights would send Dodonov back to Ottawa, Nick Holden would come back to Vegas, as would the third round pick they sent away. So the Golden Knights, uh, Nick Holden's cap hit this year is $1.7 million. <laughs> That's how they get their cap relief. There's your cap space. There's mm-hmm. your $3.3 million in cap space. If you get that original trade voided on the premise of, well, Ottawa lied to us, and we wouldn't have made this trade if Ottawa had told, told the truth at the beginning. So give us back Nick Holden. And hell, Nick Holden's going to be like their second or third best defenseman yes, right now, exactly. too. Give us back Nick Holden. Give us back the third round pick. And all of a sudden, the Golden Knights have $3.3 million in cap space. Nick and Holden comes back and says, I never had this kind of role. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm the guy. I don't know if that's allowed because they've played almost an entire season. <laughs> but that's what they should be doing today. Because, again, imagine the, the alternate, right? They tried to create this $3 million in cap space. They had to trade away a second round pick. They had to take on the contract of this John Moore guy for Who's this in season Boston. and next season. John Moore gets paid more than Nick Holden and Nick Holden actually plays. John Moore's hurt. Like they would be so much better off if they could get the original trade with Otto avoided. They'd have the cap yeah. space. They wouldn't lose a second rounder. They'd actually get a third rounder back and they'd have a guy they can play in Nick Holden. That's what they should be doing. I don't know if doing. they can do it. I, that sounds wrong and illegal, but if I'm the Golden Knights, that's what I would have been trying to do for the last 24 hours. And maybe that's why it's taking so long. That's what I was thinking. Like, if they, if they actually were like, listen, 
We, we don't want Dodonov either. We don't want John Moore. We don't want Dodonov. You give us back Nick Holden and our third-round pick because you lied to us. That's what I'd be trying to Is do. Is anyone else taking Dodonov if they can't play him and they have a $5 million cap hit? So that's the fascinating part is that Cap Alan friend, Walsh tweeted that yesterday. Let us he, know. he let us know what, what happens <laughs> when you trade someone after the trade deadline. So you trade a guy. You can trade after the trade deadline, which sounds stupid just saying it, but you can – but that player is then ineligible to play for the rest of the regular season and the if postseason. If they go to the postseason. So Evgeny Dodonov or anybody from the Golden Knights can still be traded, right? right? Even if the NHL comes back and says, well, Dodonov is on the Golden Knights today. They can still trade the guy, but he is not eligible to play this se- the rest of the season or the postseason. He would be eligible to play next season, obviously. Which he's, he's, under and he's under contract for next season. So if you're the Golden Knights, because here's the situation the Golden Knights could potentially be in. They have Mark Stone and Alec Martinez on long-term IR. The way long-term IR rules are written, once those guys are healthy, they have to be activated. You're not allowed to have a healthy player on long-term IR. Now, now you can say anything right, you want. Which I assume is what the Golden Knights would end up doing here. But right. he got an upper body injury while you know managing his lower body yeah. injury. Letter yeah. of the law, if Mark Stone gets is, is healthy on Friday, right? They've got to activate Mark Stone, and they don't have the cap space to do so. They thought, we traded away Evgeny Dodonov. We created that extra little bit of cap space. Here comes Mark Stone. Like, they thought they were doing that. If, in fact, Mark's, or Evgeny Dodonov is back with the Golden Knights and the Golden Knights still plan to activate Mark Stone, this is, the, I mean, this is pretty much the route they'd have to take. I guess they could waive a player, uh, but this is, a, this is presumed. But even if you waive a player and he goes through to the minors, you don't create that much right. cap space. It's a, there's a buried cap right. hit still when a guy's in the minors on an NHL contract. So they could conceivably trade a guy po- past the trade deadline. However... You're trading a guy that can't play this year or in the postseason. Which and they're going to have a $5 million Which means you're probably hit. trading him to a non-contender because a contender is probably not going to take on a salary and say, we can't play this guy. Right. And you're having to, I mean, they had to give up a second round pick and take back a terrible contract in John Moore. And pay off uh, Kessler. Right. What are they going to have to pay to get rid of Dodonov if he can't play at all? Right. For the team that he even goes to a non-contender, to. yeah, like the, seriously, you're well, just if the, they get the second round back, they're going to throw that in for sure. Well, I don't think. Well, yeah, but even if you're a non-contender, you like you have zero interest in taking on Dodonov just to pay him the rest of the season. Right. Like he's not going to play, but I'm just going to pay the guy to just be there. So, uh, where's your first round pick, <laughs> Vegas? Like, stays in Vegas. Yeah, like I, it's a fascinating situation, and I, my assumption is the NHL decides today that Evgeny Dodonov is a Golden Knight. Well, I agree. Too. I think they avoid the trade. Like, if there's any proof out there that there was a list submitted, then he's a golden knight. Oh, he well, he can't be a he can't be a duck. No, because he has a list that yeah. says you can't trade me to that right. team. So, but again, I hope the Golden Knights are back there pushing for void the original Ottawa trade, send him back to Ottawa, and give us back Nick Holden in our cap space because <laughs> that that would be incredible. Nick Holden plays think, like Nick Holden would run to the airport. <laughs> He would run like to the airport. Seventy-five percent of the year with Ottawa, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, they screwed up on no trade list, and now I'm going back to Vegas. This is great. This is the best. And thing I'm going to play a ton, right? And I'm, it's me and Alec Petrangelo. Oh, this is amazing. So that's what I'd be doing if I was the Golden Knights. I guess we'll find out today. I'm still stunned. We didn't uh, if find if, out if they don't find out today, it's uh, well, it's embarrassing already that they haven't done it and they've put this guy in limbo. And this is really the only guy you feel sorry for in the entire yeah. situation that he's just sitting there and he has no idea what's doing. If you can't, there's not many levels to this. 
Did he put in the list? Do you right. have proof he put in the list? If he put in the list, of the trade is voided. Right. There's not. You're not going through ten levels of what do we need to do here. It's about right. a list, and did he put it in on time? Well, Which, I think there has to be an investigation of did the senators purposely not like they have the list and they purposely didn't like give it to the Golden Knights. Well, yeah, that but you can figure worse. that out after the fact. You can say, hey, yeah. Evgeny Dodonov, you're on the Golden Knights. Now we're investigating the senators to see if yeah. we need to you're right. find send you them. back right. to the senators. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep playing for the Golden Knights. We might send you to Ottawa here in a month once we conclude this investigation. So start of the playoffs. We it send is. Them to the- has this has something like this ever happened before in like other leagues where you have a guy who's like, uh, uh-uh, I have a no trade list. And the league is like, what are you talking about? We never saw that. I don't think it's happened before they trade. He might have reminded them during the uh, during near the trade deadline, like, no, don't forget I have my list. But I can't believe a team didn't know he was on a list and actually traded him. Yeah. I've never heard of that. It's unbelievable. That. And just the idea again, we don't know 100 percent if this is true. We're just sort of going off uh, like the assumptions right now. If the Ottawa Senators basically lied and said, hey, he doesn't have a no trade list. Oh, even if they did it accidentally, even if they like thought, oh, yeah, that expired, and they just We said, didn't get it in time. Right. Man, what an incompetent organization well, the Ottawa Senators are. said yesterday, Eugene Melnick. I mean, this just <laughs> in. You talk, you, when you start saying the worst owners in sports, he's, uh, he's in the neighborhood of the top spot. All right, coming up next, is Baker Mayfield going to be a starter in the NFL this season? This is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. I think I saw my favorite report, maybe of all time, in all NFL time. free agency or NFL trade possibility. Aaron Wilson tweeted yesterday, sources, Baker Mayfield and Panthers have mutual disinterest in working together, won't be a trade destination. What that means is that Aaron Wilson has a source with Baker Mayfield who said the Panthers bleep the Panthers and a source with the Panthers who said Baker Mayfield. We don't want that guy. That is incredible to have mutual disinterest between well, a quarterback and a team. Is it impossible? Is it possible to have mutual disinterest when you don't even talk to each other? <laughs> that's why I mean, it's he great. He didn't even I like think make that's a the phone definition call. of mutual <laughs> disinterest. He didn't even make a phone call and they don't they they both hate each other. That's why it's, it's amazing to me because it, basically Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland. Baker Mayfield whatever tried to demand a trade before they got Deshaun Watson, which was always funny in itself. But you now have Baker Mayfield as a potential quarterback on the move. So you look around right. and say, okay, what teams need a quarterback? Well, the Carolina Panthers have been trying to get a quarterback and they haven't done so yet. So the Panthers need one Baker Mayfield could go to the Panthers, right? You're try- trying to make the logical connection and the Panthers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't want that guy. He sucks. And Baker's like, hold on now. I'm not going to Carolina. I'm way better to t- a team and a player that have no right to say they're better for than somebody else are both saying, I'm too good for Carolina, and I'm too good for Baker Mayfield. When in reality, they're probably a perfect match. They're probably for each perfect. Other. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this again, and you're gonna you're gonna make fun of me. Why do I think he's better than you think he is? Well, commercials. He, he's had. Listen, I love he's those had commercials. Some, by the way, <laughs> he's had some good stretches in the NFL. Right? It's not like Baker Mayfield's a complete bum who doesn't no. deserve it. Like. He's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league, right? He should be a starting quarterback somewhere. I don't disagree with that. I just, here's, here's the thing. 
Would you rather have Baker Mayfield, who's in the last year of his rookie contract, his cap hit is $18.8 million this year. So would you rather have Baker Mayfield, you got to pay him $19 million against the cap this year, and if you really like him, you've got to extend him? Or would you rather have a rookie? I guess it depends really on what team I am. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I'm, let's say, Houston, and I'm atrocious and I'm terrible, I might start all over. I mean, if I'm Seattle, I might take Baker Mayfield if I'm Seattle. Yeah. They, for some reason, like Drew Locke. It's weird. Yeah. We, I keep seeing that report where like that Seattle like will get mentioned for a team and then somebody will come in and be like, you know, they've said they really love Drew Locke. And I'm like, why? I, I, but you're, I think I'd pick on a rookie either way, though, to be honest with you. Even if you're Seattle. Just because. Well, if you have Drew Locke, you're going to take Seattle, uh, yeah. a rookie and play him behind him? Well, if I'm Seattle, I'm probably cutting Drew Locke, but <laughs> that's apparently not what Seattle's going to do. I. I would take a rookie simply because I just don't think Baker Mayfield has the upside, right? Like, I don't think Baker Mayfield is ever going to be like, I don't think there's any chance he becomes a top five quarterback in the league. And I really don't even think he's on that can even get to that Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill level where he's a good quarterback, maybe not the top tier, but it's a good quarterback that can win in the playoffs the good team so you don't want to which change you don't want to pay him 18 million because you don't think you're going to extend him right and like if you told me baker mayfield's going to play for like 10 million dollars okay like that's that's probably better than a rookie contract deal right if i got if i got baker Mayfield for 10 million but if i'm trading for baker mayfield and making him the starter i'm probably gonna have to give him an extension because he only got one year left because well, you're paying him eighteen, you're paying him almost nineteen million dollars, right? And am I about to give him an extension for thirty million dollars a year? I, there's no way I can do that if I'm an organization. I, I just can't do it. Like maybe he can have the, maybe he can have the Marcus Mariota deal. Come on over, we'll give you ten million dollars. But like, I can't. I, I can't as an organization imagine giving Baker Mayfield a thirty million dollar extension. I just that would be malpractice as an organization. <laughs> It'd be awful. It'd be the Ottawa Senators. Like, we talk about Derek Carr and like how should they give Derek Carr thirty-five million? Is that worth it? Is that smart? Baker Mayfield getting thirty or whatever, like tw- even twenty-five. You're looking around saying, "What are we doing here? Why are we giving him so?" I much guess money? if you think, and again, I don't think any of these things, any seems we've talked about the how, especially the AFC teams, how stacked the AFC is: Carolina, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Houston. I mean, Pittsburgh probably thinks it's closer than it is. Seattle probably thinks it's closer than it is. I wouldn't be surprised if I think a team that thinks it's closer than it probably is would sign him or would t- trade for him. They got to they they got to take him with with a goal to just make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, again, they they're they're probably fooling themselves on how close they are to yeah. contending. I mean, Houston and Carolina know. Do they? I mean, Pittsburgh accidentally went to the playoffs this year or last That's year. That's right. I forget about that. <laughs> but don't you think the Steelers probably think they're closer than they are? No, I think they really? are close. I think they're a quarterback, like a functional quarterback away. Like genuinely, they dragged Ben Roethlisberger's fat, decaying body to the playoffs last year. They got Mitch Trubisky, though. They're good. Yeah. Can't believe they're going in with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. The other part of this quarterback question here, where the hell's Jimmy Garoppolo going to end up? He's with daddy because I'll tell you what. <laughs> Um, what was the what? Who was one of the first guys we thought would be traded in the offseason? I mean, he I was. Te- yeah. I'm not saying teams would be lining up for him, but maybe teams would be lining up for him. Yeah. And I and listen, I understand the logic behind. Okay, Aaron Rodgers might leave. Let's see where he goes. Right, and we're not right. gonna tra- we're not going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo when 
Aaron Rodgers right. might be changing teams. And then the Russell Wilson trade happened like right after that. So it became, oh, Russell Wilson's on the move. But since then, it's kind of like, all right, so what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo? Have people just been waiting on Deshaun Carolina Watson? have mutual interest? <laughs> mutual disinterest. <laughs> like, I am curious here if the 49ers made like a false assumption. On the that, market? That more teams would want him. And can you imagine him being back in San Francisco? Or are they trading I mean, him no matter what? I like, think they're trading him. So if like they, if even they decided if, on Trey Lance, I think they're trading him. If there's no market for him. And, like, all they can get back is a sixth-round pick for Oh, Jimmy I don't know Garoppolo. about that because they went to the NFC Championship. Right. I don't know about that. Which would be fascinating to see if you're the 49ers because the Trey Lance part of this is is also interesting. They draft a guy in the first round. They're supposed round. to be playing him. Yeah, he sits for year one, and the, the presumed path here was that Garoppolo would get traded after, the first, after Trey yep. Lance's first season and Trey Lance would take over. Hell, Jimmy Garoppolo even said so much in a press conference that he was oh, going to be traded. Oh, his last press conference at 49ers was saying goodbye. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it's. I I assume he still gets traded. I assume it's been. There's probably been more quarterback dominoes than the 49ers anticipated. But yeah, there's but still going to be a team that that ends up saying, yeah, we. It seems like those teams have leverage though, yeah, because it doesn't maybe. seem like a lot of people want this guy. I mean, if I'm the 49ers, you you can always bring him back. You could always sure. say you're only offering a fifth. Well, he he just took us to the NFC champ. We're just going to bring him back. We're just going to do the same thing we did last year. So. You could always bring him back. I mean, you're kind of hurting the Trey Lance side of that, which, by the way, do you think Trey Lance is going to be good? Because I have this weird expectation uh, that he's going to be awesome next year. Awesome? Oh, I think I think he's going to be incredible. Really? Yeah. I I don't know if it's just because like it's Kyle Shanahan offense. I, for whatever reason, think Trey Lance is going to be incredible next season. I can't say incredible or awesome. Yeah. I have no other reason than just it's the 49ers <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan. And Kyle Shanahan. And, I mean, they went to the NFC title game with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. They went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm just like, that Trey Lance guy can run. They're going to be great now. He can do one thing Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. You can follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Find his work at Underdog Fantasy. Charles, as a Falcons fan, what emotion are you feeling right now? All of them except happiness. (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, (laughs) today, I mean, that that not my thing. I woke up this morning like, damn, single sweating here. Uh, Because I don't, because I said it on Twitter this week, but uh, I I really don't think that you can separate <laughs> how his tenure in Atlanta ended compared to how it started. Uh, because basically, like like for those who don't remember, uh, you know, Michael Vick got arrested in a prior second like against the prison prior to the 2017 season uh, for dog uh, <laughs> He somehow forgot that fact. Uh, and then they basically just kind of swam through the 2017. They were a total mess. Uh, three quarterbacks that year, like Chris Redman, Joey Harrington. Joey Harrington is actually the last Falcons quarterback to start week one. Uh, that's not Matt Ryan. Uh, that was in 2017. Joey Harrington, Chris Redman, Byron Leftwich, Bob Petrino was the head coach. Uh, they had Hugh Jackson and Mike Zimmer as their coordinators. And you know, it got to a point by the end of the season when Bobby Petrino literally just left in the middle of the night and left a note and said, uh, hey, I don't like doing this anymore. I'm out. 
Uh, I'm headed to Arkansas. Uh, so basically, in the years time, you lost your franchise quarterback. Your head coach just kind of disappeared on you in the middle of the night. And Matt Ryan, basically, from literally the first play he was drafted, uh, got a stabilizing presence for the Falcons that they hadn't really had in really the entire franchise history. Because uh, Vic was always pretty up and down before he left, and then even before that, there were guys like Chris Chandler, uh, who were never quite as uh, accomplished or talented as Matt Ryan. So you get the you get you get the immediate payoff of uh, of shoot, excuse me, uh, we're uh, we're down bad, we have no future, and now we have this prospect to throw well, the sixty five yard touchdown and literally his first pass in the NFL. And from there on, you know, you kind of get to look like not look like even the masquerade as like a real functioning franchise because literally Matt Ryan is good enough to keep the whole thing afloat. And obviously you have guys like Roddy Wise, Tony Gonzalez, Leo Jones, uh, so they were like just good enough at drafting to kind of keep this thing afloat while they've had pretty poor decisions in the ownership going on in the last few years. And then, you know, it, it all culminates in this week where you have this guy who's been here for 14 years, has honestly poured his heart and soul into addressing kind of that inequality between black uh, communities and white communities, uh, between how, how you know, uh, different communities are affected by COVID even this last year by doing video series with, you know, Atlanta doctors around the area about how it affects indigenous people, black people, white people, people of all different socioeconomic backgrounds. And this is a guy who really, really cares about the community and making sure that he left Atlanta in a better place than he found it. And I, I think that he has been. Uh, you know, he said today that just because he's moving on to Indianapolis doesn't mean that this isn't an area that he's going to come back to and, and still get back to in his, in his spare time. Uh, and just to treat him like this on the last couple of weeks of his tenure here, uh, by about shipping him out of here for a guy who has <laughs> 22 allegations of you know sexual misconduct against him, I think it's just a huge slap in the face to someone who has been everything that you could have wanted from a number three overall pick in terms of on the field uh, and off the field and how he represented himself, the community and the team for, you know, almost two decades. Uh, I think it's terrible. I think it's it's really sad when you think about it. And uh, when you see yesterday Matt Ryan at his first press conference with the Colts getting emotional about how his time in Atlanta ended, I'm, I'm sure he is because it's not fair. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's just a complete disservice to who he was as a player, a person, and what he meant to the city as a whole. So uh, I was definitely very sad by how it went down. I was going to be sad regardless, but I think the addition of the Deshaun Watson situation just makes it kind of nasty on the way out. Charles McDonald's with us. Again, follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Uh, do you feel like the Atlanta Falcons actually had a plan coming into this offseason, or they've just been winging it the last few months? Oh, they've definitely been winging it because – uh, I mean, just think, at, at the start of, well, I mean, after the season, even. Uh, maybe late January, early, early February, it couldn't even get in the combine a few weeks ago, where they said, no, not some guy for 2022. And then you find out that Deshaun Watson, oh, wait, he's not going to jail? That means uh, all we have to do is beat a suspension and some PR hits for training form. So now they're going to get back into the game. And they almost got to the sunshine. I mean, uh, by all reporting, by people I've talked to, they thought they, they had him. Um, and then the brands come in and said, no, nah, actually, we'll give you a quarter billion with a B dollars guaranteed, and we'll set up a contract so if you get suspended this year, you won't really be taking any significant financial hit. I uh, then he went back to Cleveland. So 
we kind of start picking up the pieces there. Uh, and it, it all happened so fast. And honestly, I think if, you, if anyone puts themselves in that line shoes, you got to say, hey, like, my time here is great. Made a lot of memories, but at the same time, the last week or so of this has been wholly unacceptable. Uh, getting out of here, and I, I'm I'm very confident, and that's that's what happened. I uh, don't really care what Terry Simon has to say in his press conference today because it was just a bit of crap. Are you going to enjoy or hate if Matt Ryan and the Colts are in the AFC Championship game? I'm about to buy a Matt Ryan jersey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tweeted yesterday. They got these sweet throwback jerseys. Uh, I, I think they'll go back to like the 70s. I'm going to get a Matt Ryan one, and every time I'm on debatable, I'm going to wear it until I feel whole again, which might not be until I'm on my deathbed. Uh, because, dude, being a soccer fan sucks. It's so hard, but I can't hit you for some reason. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and get excited. Like, I, I don't think that many soccer fans are excited about anything because. Here's, here's, here's the truth about, like, where they were last year. Um, you know, they're sitting there with the fourth pick in the draft, and everyone is saying, all right, look, you have, you have a chance to either, one, go all in the Matt Ryan for the next few years by, by taking Kyle Pitts, or if you're going to sit there and honor Julio's trade request, which I, I don't think is a terrible idea in the vacuum, nor do I think that trading Matt Ryan is a terrible idea in the vacuum. Uh, but if you're going to sit there and honor who he was trading quite last year, then you've got to spend that fourth pick on a quarterback because you know it's over. And they tried to be one foot in, one foot out, and now they're stuck here where you, you come in to last year. And this is the most shocking part of it all to me. This time last year, we're sitting here, man, we got Arthur Smith, who we know is a pretty good play caller. We got Matt Ryan, who we know can still spin a little bit. We got Julio Jones. We got Calvin Ridley. Uh, we can take someone like Kyle Pitts to the fourth pick in the draft. And if you're going to extend the career of Matt Ryan in Atlanta, that's how you do it. You surround them with aliens and a guy who knows how to call plays. And to think, just a year later, Matt's gone, Julio's gone uh, for what, second, third, and fourth round picks. And then Ridley's gone for nothing. And I'm 100% certain he's never going to play in Atlanta again. Uh, and now you just have Pitts with a lame duck GM who has already worn out his welcome in six months. And probably needs to be fired for how he's handled over the, like, the past month of Falcons football. So uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, they're just spinning around and doing whatever they want. And uh, the worst part about all of this is this is a cakewalk for Tom Brady to get back into first place uh, in the NFC. You can look at the NFC South. It's what the AFC East used to be. The Falcons have no – they have nothing. The Panthers basically have nothing. And the Saints are maxed out with a mid-roster. So I know why Tom Brady tried to come back. Because look at what's around him. It's like the island of misfit toys. And all he has to do is just step on enough little elves to get to the Super Bowl again. It's stupid. Do you think anyone is ever going to have? Do you think anyone's ever going to have mutual interest in Blake or Mayfield? Um, I thought there was going to be, but I mean, the way that honestly, the way that Watson's been kind of played out, kind of shut him out. And <laughs> what else could be out there? Because uh, this guy can't. I think the funniest part to me was Aaron Wilson to TSN did great work. <laughs> he said that the, the, the Panthers and Baker Mason had mutual disinterest. And I think that that's kind of where Baker is uh, in this game. Because the Falcons said, nope, the Texans didn't even run him back in the Deshaun Watson trade package. Uh, <laughs> and everyone seems to be showing up their little quarterback spot. And then Baker says, oh, well, I'm not going to come back regardless. 
Okay, that's fine. And I think that's kind of what the reaction has been to his trade request. All right, well, I want to get traded. Okay, that's fine. It's only notable because you're the former number one overall pick in the Heisman Trophy. Like, if I came out to you and said, oh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has demanded the trade, it's like, okay, that's nice. And, like, this, you, you got to like, be, be real about where you are. And I think, uh, I don't remember who reported it, but someone said that when they were in negotiations with the Browns for trading for Baker Mayfield, they asked the Browns for a premium pick, pick on that contract. And honestly, I think that's fair. Because why would I want to pay the 20 best quarterback in the league $20 million to not be dismissed? Uh, so I, I, I don't really know where Baker's going to end up. Uh, I think you can pretty safely say it's not going to be season because they've even moved on with like a couple percent as a backup. So, uh, yeah, Baker's life is in turmoil and so is mine. Well, he is Charles McDonald. Again, follow him on Twitter at 4 Charles, um, I, I guess the offseason can't get worse for you as a Falcons fan, but uh, good luck because I yeah, guess I mean, it still I, always I, could. I cheered up this morning, so hopefully we can end up. Thanks, Charles. We appreciate it. Thanks, Charles. All right. See you next week. So there's Charles McDonald. Again, follow him on Twitter at 4 Um I didn't know Matt Ryan was like, that cool of a dude. He yeah. seemed like the kind of guy who's like, it's 8.30. I have a glass of milk and go to bed. <laughs> the, but that rundown of the Falcons this time last year having Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and then drafting Kyle Pitts. And now only poor Kyle Pitts is left <laughs> looking around saying, uh, what happened? This Mariota guy going to throw me the ball? Looks big. We're going to be down a lot, so I guess we're going to throw it to me a lot. That'll be fun, but good God. Like, there's like that's a franchise right now. There's very little optimism for them being good anytime soon. Like they no, completely the op- no, blew the feeling the is going to be atrocious, right? And for probably a while. I mean, you're going in next year with like, is Marcus Mariota one of their top three players? Like they're a bad roster. Yeah, I guess they brought back Cordero Patterson had a really good year last year under Arthur Smith. But like Cordero Patterson tweeted the other day, I'm warming up. As if he's going to be the quarterback. He might be the quarterback. <laughs> All right, we're we're running the direct snap package. Yes, <laughs> he and Mariota can just run a zone read and snap it to each other the entire time. So, oh no, triple option. Uh, get Pitts running. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Pitts can be the fullback in there. All right, we've got a couple of tickets to go see the Golden Knights take on the Blackhawks this Saturday. It's a noon start. Golden Knights and Blackhawks. Seven oh two. 364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go watch the Golden Knights and Blackhawks T-Mobile Arena, 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Heard Draymond Green there. The Golden State Warriors are two games behind the Grizzlies for the two spot in the West. So right now, and there's roughly like 10 games left in the season. Right now, the Warriors presumably would be in the second round without home court advantage against the Grizzlies. However, they're only two games ahead of the Utah Jazz. And if they fall to four, then they'd get a much tougher first round matchup and would have to play the Suns in the second round if they get through. So... The Warriors uh, making their path a little bit more difficult yep. than we probably assumed. I mean, I I thought they'd end up in the one or the two seed and be facing the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, but they're falling a little bit further. Um, baseball passed a new rule, and I think I love it. It's a special rule just for Shohei Otani, pretty much. Because there is now a universal DH, if hate a starting pitcher hits... He will be able to stay in the game as the DH even after he's done pitching. 
So Shohei Otani takes the mound as the starter, hits leadoff for the Angels. Otani pitches five innings, comes out of the game as a pitcher after five innings. He can still go back out and hit for the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth innings in his normal spot in the order as the DH. A special rule specifically for Shohei Otani, and I love it. I like it because we get to see more Shohei Otani. Exactly. <laughs> Major League Baseball <laughs> has a incredibly special player in right. Shohei Otani. Want to see him as much as possible. Under their current rule, every fifth game when he's the starter, he cannot hit for the Angels right. once he comes out of the game. I guess if he throws a complete game, he can hit the entire game. But presumably he's going to throw five or six innings most of the time. And he's not able to hit the last time or two through the order. And they're just a just a weird rule that's sort of keeping Otani from batting more. They've changed it, and now Otani's going to get to actually bat more. It is a great rule uh, that Major League Baseball has put in specifically. And again, it is there is only one well, person, only one guy to. who does this. There is not going to be another pitcher that's like to start a game next year. There's one guy that this applies to, and it's Shohei Otani. Now. There's one other detail on this that I did think was funny. Um, apparently, Major League Baseball passed this, and they've also said, like, hey, we want to encourage more two-way players. There are not going to be more two-way players. Like, we're no. not going to have some it's influx. high school football. Right. We're not going to have some influx of guys that are like, well, no. I can be a 20-game winner on the mound and one of the five no. best hitters in the American League. Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, we, we might have a couple of guys in the minor leagues or something. try it. And there might be some guys in high school now I that are like... I pitched in high school. Right, that are like, well, maybe if I keep going with both, I can actually do both. But Shohei Otani is special. Like, Shohei Otani is a once-in-a-generation and, type of player. And if Major League Baseball continues, as they say, to have kind of problems with younger viewers or younger, younger fans, why not have your superstars seen yes. as much as possible? Because yes. there's really, you know, Trout, Otani, there, there are superstars to tease people like that. You want them seen as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Like the Angels, in games where Otani starts, the Angels are in the situation where, okay, he's pulled after the fifth or sixth inning, and now, like, the critical at bat in the eighth inning was two there. on. Otani's on the bench, and they're having to use some pinch hitter that nobody ever knows Heard the him. name of. Right. And now it'll be Otani that keeps to get, gets to keep hitting. So... It's not really like a massive deal, right? He's going to make whatever, 25 starts this year. He might get an extra at bat or two in those 25 starts. So it's only 25, 30 at bats, but it's much better than him not getting those right. 25, 30 at bats. And they made a rule specifically for Otani. And it's great. I love, I love when there are rules simply because of one person. A lot of times we see it to sort of stop that one person, right? right? Where it's like, well, this guy's too dominant. So we need to change the rules so that everybody else, it's a little bit more level of a playing field. This is a rule to make Otani better. This is a rule to get more Shohei Otani, and it's great. I think we decided at one point the best rule ever to stop one person was the Chiefs in the 60s had a six foot nine tight end who they banned from being able to like, put his hands up, goaltend field goals. <laughs> well, we also discovered he did it one time. Is they banned correct? it. Yeah, it only happened once. Like, this wasn't even like, a, oh, man, a couple of teams are mad. He did it one time where he blocked the field goal at the uprights. And we don't even know. And there wasn't even proof of it, right? It was just a claim that he yeah. did it. Yeah, there was a claim that he yeah. did it. And the NFL went in and went, no, no. Yeah, just a claim, <laughs> which is ridiculous. If you're 6'9 and can block it from going through the uprights, you it. should be allowed to do it. Do you know how much? That would be so much fun if teams just had, oh, yeah. a, had a, like six, a seven footer. guy. Yeah. And they're like, all right. You're, Stand you have, up. You have you have two jobs. He's also the long snapper. No, no. <laughs> he has two jobs. 
when the other team's throwing a Hail Mary, you're going to go stand on the goal line and just bat it out yes. of bounds. And when they kick a long field goal, you're going to go stand at the upright and try to block it if it's short or almost short. Just swat it down or catch it if possible. Yeah, especially long field goals. Yeah, just, just swat it straight it to the ground and take it back. It'd be great. It'd be like robbing a home run, but you robbed the field goal. It'd be great. <laughs> It'd be awesome if we had robbed field goals. Do they track robbed home runs in baseball? Like, you can't look up who has the most robbed no, home runs in baseball history. I don't think so. That's a missing stat. You should stat. know that. We should be able to look that up. That should be a real stat. Come on, baseball. Get it together.